Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Suzio of Geodata Vision. Welcome to our podcast series addressing everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. Len, we've talked extensively over the last several months on CRA, community development, PPP, NPR, and what was coming. So where are we landing today? Well, Dean, only a a little over a week ago, on September 8th, the OCC issued a notice of proposed rulemaking wherein the agency proposes to rescind its 2020 CRA rule and to return to the 1995 rule that had been applied before the 2020 CRA rule was put into effect only last October, not even a year ago. According to the OCC, there are currently 669 institutions that are subject to the agency's oversight. The other 4,000 or so institutions are supervised by the FDIC or the Fed and they are not affected by this, but this is very important for any OCC supervised institutions. As we always say, here we go again, here we go again. With the Mm -hmm. ink barely dry on the 2020 rule, did the NPR come as a surprise to you? Well, yes and no. Uh, With the change in the Washington politics as a result of the 2020 elections, the Democrats took control of Congress and the presidency. They couldn't conceal their contempt for the OCC's 2020 CRA rule as it was approved last year. So it comes as no surprise that the agency would propose another rule. Moreover, it was expected that the agency would join the FDIC and the Fed in issuing a joint notice of proposed CRA rulemaking sometime before the end of this year. Nevertheless, the, this NPR was a bit of a surprise. It wasn't necessary to revert back to the old CRA before joining with the other agencies in issuing a proposed new CRA, but the agency obviously thinks it's best to revise CRA and make it a two-step process before they implement yet another version of the modernization of CRA. So is the purpose of rescinding the initial OCC final rule for all agencies to come closer together with the new, new provisions? Is there any doubt whether the agency will approve the NPR? And do we know if the other agencies will adopt these provisions as well, Len? Well, I don't believe there's any doubt that the NPR will be approved. A hint of that outcome is expressed in the NPR itself because the comment period is unusually brief. Comments, by the way, must be submitted by October 29th of this year. And the NPR itself states, quote, the OCC is considering an effective date of January 1st, 2022 for any final rules, provided they are are published by December 1st of 2021. So it's pretty clear that the agency is going to rescind the 2020 CRA rule and do so expeditiously. In fact, this may set a record for the rulemaking process. Now, the other agencies are, I think, just waiting for uh, the OCC to revert back to the 1995 rule. So everybody will be at the same starting point when another proposal will be put forward by all three agencies sometime late this year or the very beginning of next year, in my anticipation. Well, that should be pretty straightforward, shouldn't it? 
<laughs> like anything the regulators propose, nothing is simple. The NPR, uh, which proposes to rescind the 2020 CRA rule, is 168 pages long. You would think uh, with something as simple as repealing a rule and replacing it with the previous rule that had been in effect for 25 years, it would be pretty simple and require only a few pages to explain. But the federal bureaucracy makes everything complicated. You know, there's a reason for the expression, don't make a federal case out of it. <laughs> so, Len, can you share some of the more important issues with the rescission of the 2020 CRA rule? Yes. Uh, the complications associated with the proposed reversion back to the old 1995 rule is that the 2020 rule has been in effect for all of 10 months. And the OCC regulated institutions have been operating under the new rule since October 1st of 2020, when the rule went into effect. So reverting back to the 1995 rule has some big implications as a result of this kind of back and forth. I'll just touch briefly on the, what I think are the 10 most important changes. So first, there is a bank size category. Under the 2020 rule, small banks are those with less than $600 million of assets. ISBs are banks with $600 million of assets up to and including $2.5 billion of assets. And large banks, of course, are those with more than $2.5 billion of assets. Under the 1995 rule, the size categories small uh, would be that small banks would have less than $330 million of assets. ISBs would be banks with assets greater than $330 million, up to and including $1.322 billion. And large banks would be those banks with assets greater than $1.322 billion. So that's the first thing, the change in the bank size categories. Second, the change in the bank size categories itself has big implications for mandatory data collection and reporting, since only large banks are required to collect and report their CRA activities under both the 1995 rule and the 2020 rule. This means that banks with at least $1.322 billion of assets, but not more than $2.5 billion of assets, were not required to collect and report data under the 2020 rule, but they will be required to do so when the proposed rule becomes effective, anticipated to be January 1st of next, next year. The third uh, aspect of the NPR uh, is that banks that have been intermediate small banks under the 2020 rule and that re now revert back to the large banks under the proposed rule will be required to resume the data collection starting on January 1st of 2023 and reporting that data by March 1st of 2024. Of course, again, I'm referring to banks with assets greater than $1.322 billion, up to and including the $2.5 billion. The fourth point I'll make for our listeners is that the size categories will be effective immediately upon the effective date of the rulemaking, the new rulemaking, anticipated to be January 1st of 2022. And examination standards will revert back to the 1995 rule. Uh, by the way, which have been in effect anyway for the transition period. There is no transition once the uh, the new rule is uh, put into effect, again, expected to be January 1st of 2022, examination standards will be effective immediately. The fifth aspect is that the proposed rule definitions of qualifying activities would apply immediately on, on the effective date of the new rule. This means, among other things, that the size of, of a small business loan, the size of a small farm loan, and the gross annual revenue def definitions would revert back to the 1995 definitions. 
So under the 2020 rule, uh, basically the definition of a, of a small business loan was expanded to uh, $1.6 billion, a million dollars, I'm sorry. Uh, and under the old 1995 rule, it's $1 million. And there was the same effect on gross annual revenue, which is an important uh, factor for CRA exams. It goes from annual revenue of $1.6 million to $1 million, which had been prevailing under the 1995 rule. That's big. Those are very big uh, aspects for a bank to be aware of. The sixth uh, thing I'll point out is that the activity of affiliates will once again become relevant to a CRA exam if the institution elects to include those activities in its CRA exam. That elective had been removed from the 2020 rule, and it was an elective that large banks uh, would take free, uh, advantage of frequently. So uh, <clears throat> they, they will now have that elective back again, which they were disallowed from having under the 2020 rule, which is, again, will be eliminated if the well, I should say if the NPR passes, there's no doubt again, it will pass. It's only a question of how quickly that'll happen. Point number seven is that the OCC is considering providing a process for qualifying community development activities outside the CRA rule. Now, that's one thing I like, and I know that many of our listeners uh, pull their hair out frequently trying to figure out, well, is this qualified? from a community development point of view. Is that activity, that loan, that that donation, et cetera? And there's always been a certain ambiguity about that. Uh, and what the agency is proposing is to basically uh, implement a process whereby a bank could question the agency and get a response whether a particular loan or investment or, or donation would qualify for community development purposes. I like that. And any listener to today's podcast, should think about writing into uh, the agency to, uh, number one, I think, applaud the fact that they're going to go back to the 1995 rule, but also support this idea that would provide for an official clarifying process on uh, obscure or un uncertain activities that whether they qualify for community development. The eighth point I'll make of the 10 points I'm going to make is that the public file content contents will revert back to the 1995 requirements and would be implemented uh, no sooner than three months after the effective date of the new rule. So we're talking about March 31st of 2022. Um, I don't consider that to be a huge change, but uh, there was there are some subtleties between the 2020 rule and the pre uh, the 1995 rule. So be aware of that public file requirements will be affected. The ninth point is uh, I'll make is, and this is I think is important, is the assessment area rules will revert back to the 1995 rule. Under the 2020 rule, the large banks um, had some restrictions uh, and the flexibility that was inherent in the 1995 rule in terms of assessment area delineation had been taken away. That is another good thing that people listening to this podcast may want to uh, confirm when they send in their comments to the agency about the NPR. And the, the last point I'll make, point number 10, which I'm certain a lot of your listeners or our listeners today will be happy to hear, is that deposit information will no longer be reported or considered. Although I do think it's going to be part of the, the, the next change that they're going to propose sometime next year. Yeah, I've always been somewhat miffed uh, when you, uh, the lack of public comment when we have a notice of proposed rulemaking. I mean, this is an opportunity, uh, quite frankly, for lenders to 
uh, insert themselves as far as uh, the things they like, the things they don't like uh, relative to a particular proposed rule. So I certainly encourage everybody to do that. And Len, I, I absolutely appreciate the fact that you've unpacked uh, some of this uh, for us today. Um, obviously, I look at it from job security perspective, but uh, <laughs> do you have any advice, uh, any any additional advice uh, for our listeners? Well, just like you were saying, speak now or forever hold your peace. Uh, uh, you can be certain that community advocates and uh, the liberal uh, politicians are going to demand uh, changes to the CRA rule that will be adverse to banks. So I encourage all OCC supervised lenders to send in their comments regarding this. I believe the agency's 2020 CRA rule was way beyond complicated. It was convoluted and in my opinion, unworkable. Moreover, it was separate from the CRA rule applied by the FDIC and the Fed. So getting everybody on the same page is a good thing. That, that was not a good situation. Is not, I should say it is not a good situation because it still prevails as we're broadcasting today. So I would encourage bankers to send in their comments approving the reversion back to the 1995 rule. I'd also encourage bankers to favorably comment on the agency's idea of establishing a process to clarify any activity that might, might qualify for community development credit. Uh, this has been an area of much confusion, as I said a few months, months, minutes ago to bankers, and a process that would clarify whether an activity would qualify for community development credit would be most welcome. So I'll reiterate, if you don't speak, uh, you know that your adversaries will. So make certain every listener sends in a comment about this. Once again, this is invaluable information, and it's kind of one of those things that flashes on the screen. Stay tuned. Yes. <laughs> we hope you, yeah. So we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. This is Dean Starkford from M&M Consulting. And this is Len Suzio from Geo Data Vision saying, Thank you for listening to today's topic on the OCC's 2021 CRA NPR. And please let us know any topics you would like us to speak about in the future. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes, and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow M&M Consulting and Geo Data Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.